We are living in a time of unprecedented change, of dynamic shift in our global economy, of our connectivity. We're even seeing huge transfers and shifts of economic power from one kind of Western sphere, maybe over towards the Chinese empire that's being raised up. And there's so much change going on in the world. You know, there's been disruption due to COVID and lockdown protocols, but there's also been a huge shift in the economy, in the job market. You know, so many jobs that exist right now didn't even exist three or four years ago. Industries that are flourishing and growing were not even a perception of what they are now 10 years ago. It was, you know, it's impossible to see the way things were going. Huge amounts of shift huge amounts of transfer of power, huge amounts of change. And I don't know if you're anything like me. There's some days I love it. There's some days I'm down for it. I'm looking forward to it. And then there's some days it just gets super overwhelming and I don't know what to do. And what can happen is when we when we see um, challenges like this that are in front of us, we can become overwhelmed. And when we become overwhelmed, we can often become fearful and anxious. And I want to talk today about some of the antidote to this anxiety and some of this antidote antidote towards this fearful sort of redu reductionist way of living i want to talk about how we can build holy confidence and so in this in part one of this two-part podcast i'm going to look at four spiritual practices that you and i can do to strengthen our holy confidence now i'm going to call it holy confidence because i'm not looking at self-confidence i'm not right interested in self-confidence i don't think i should put my hope in myself right now i in fact I, as a as a follower of jesus i want to put my hope and my trust in him he promises he's the unchanging one he promises he's faithful he promises he, yeah he doesn't change yesterday he's the same yesterday today and forever so Whatever we're facing, whatever you're facing right now, you can put your hope and your trust in the consistency, the holy consistency of Jesus. I've defined holy confidence like this, a state of assurance that comes from living in connected relationship with Jesus, trusting in who he is and who he says we are. Wouldn't it be awesome to be able to meet any challenge that life threw at you? And there have been some huge challenges over these last few years for me personally, but I'm sure for you guys too. I imagine if we could face those um, those challenges with this assurance that comes from living in connected relationship with Jesus, that we could come to those situations as a non-anxious presence, full of confidence, not in ourselves and our own hustle and grustle, but a confidence that Jesus has an outcome, that Jesus has something to say, that Jesus is with us and is is got something to offer us in the midst of everything we're going through and is actually going to lead us through and out the other side um imagine that because I, I think that's so important that is the life actually it's not a fantasy that is the life that, that christ died to give us so here's four things which i think will help us today um number one People with holy confidence are purposefully choosing to live from their Christ nature. The reality is scripture teaches us that we are new creations and that our old self is dead. We're no longer prisoners of sin. Like we don't have to sin anymore if we follow Jesus and we've allowed him to be ruler in our hearts. We are not doomed to repeat patterns and bad behaviors and bad habits over and over again. We have power over sin. We are not sinners anymore, but saints, the New Testament calls us. Our new nature, we have a completely new nature. 
This means that our essential nature is totally different because of what Jesus has done for us. We live and exist in a human body still, but our spirit is now alive and connected to Jesus. He lives in us by the power of his Holy Spirit and is taking us on a journey of salvation and sanctification. There's two important words there, salvation and sanctification. Scripture teaches us that salvation can be like a one uh, begins at a moment in time. Maybe you, you know, put your hand up in a meeting or maybe you prayed a prayer to Jesus and you asked him to, you know, take control or be in charge of your life. And that's important. That's where maybe your salvation journey began. For some people, they can't actually remember where their salvation journey began. And for some people, that can be a quite an anxious thing. But scripture also teaches us that salvation is a journey. It is a, it is a process. Like uh, Paul uh, talks in in this kind of language to a church in the new testament i forget where it is now but he says continue to work out your salvation in fear and trembling like what does that mean that means like you're on a journey of salvation be aware and be attentive of that like pay attention to it isn't that great you're constantly changing you're constantly evolving the more you study and become like christ the more you obey his commandments the more you live in the power of the holy spirit the more christ-like you and i are becoming that is the design of salvation we're not we're not saved once and that's it he leaves us alone we're constantly being saved over and over again and then finally there's this final beautiful moment of um revelation talks about that there will be no more tears there will be no more pain there'll be no more suffering when christ comes again to rule and we will be with him for eternity that we will ultimately be saved in its finality does that make sense we are being saved in those three uh, stages i love it it's so helpful so this means now that we can grow well let me put it this way you can grow you can change you can say no to evil you can heal yes you can you can heal. You can do impossible things or more things that you ever thought possible uh, as you become more Christ-like. And as we learn to live from this new nature of Christ, we will become more Christ-like. Ephesians chapter 2 says, For we are God's handiwork, some uh, translations say masterpiece, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So, Jesus didn't just save us so that we could keep our heads down and hope it pans out okay in the end. He saves you because he has plans for you. There's such a passivity in Christianity at the minute in the Western world, I think. In much of the Western world, we are sitting on our hands waiting for God to do things. And God is looking at us saying, no, it's on you. I'll I'll move when you move. And um, we've many times we've been led into a kind of consumerist type uh, faith where we watch other people do it or we watch superstars do it and they do the things and we watch and we clap and we applaud and maybe we give money and we don't really get involved but listen that is not the way the gospel is designed the gospel is designed for each of us to take part each of us to get involved and we might not all have the same gifts and the same abilities but each of us has a significant part to play god has prepared works in advance for us to do and as we live in a trusting and close relationship with Jesus, our holy confidence will grow naturally. If you think about it this way, I've been married for a long time. Um, and I, when Claire and I first met, that's my wife Claire, when we first met in 1990-something, I didn't know her very well. I didn't know 
what she would do. I didn't know what she thought about certain things. I wasn't really clear on who she was. I was getting to know her. And so my trust in Claire was different than it is 20-something years later where I know Claire. I know her pretty well. I know what she's going through. I know what she's likely to say about that. And just think of it like that in your relationship with Jesus. As you get to know him, as you read scripture, as you pray, as you like have other people help you pray and get to know Jesus, as you study, as you think, as you just you know do good things that he's asked you to do, you're going to get to know him better. You're going to see him more at work in your life. So don't beat yourself up if you there's things you think, I wish, I wish, I wish I could. Listen, it'll grow naturally as you stay attached to Jesus. Hope that makes sense. Two, people with holy confidence are purposefully choosing to live from their Christ nature. Okay, this is the second thing that I believe will help us. People with holy confidence are learning to live exclusively from the power of the Holy Spirit because spiritual power brings confidence and great reward. You know, we've just done a series on um, who the Holy Spirit is, what he does. And you can listen to that just previously in our in our library here. But the Holy Spirit gives us the power to live with Christ-like character and the supernatural ability to do what he commands us to do. We find that in Galatians chapter 5. The Holy Spirit comforts us when we're in pain and he corrects us when we're off course. We find that in John chapter 14 verse 16. Um, Jesus calls him the advocate, like he's going he's gonna to help you. He gives us direction for our best life and the courage to take the next step. We find examples of that in Acts chapter 16 where Paul's trying to figure out where to plant churches. I've told you that story before. John chapter 16 verse 13 too, that's got a great example of, 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 of the Holy Spirit leading us into all truth. The Holy Spirit helps us to belong in community and to see the best in each other. 1 Corinthians 14, the book of Corinthians is like the story, if you like, of a, of a, of a church that's really trying to figure out how to be the people of God. They're used to living in one way and Paul, the church planter, is helping them understand, yeah, you used to live like that, but now I'm asking you to live like this. The Holy Spirit is going to teach you and give you the grace and the, and the power that you need to do what you know you need to do, to, to live right to live well and to live in accordance with what you know Jesus has created you to live like. It's so, so powerful and so important that we don't live from our own grustle and hustle. We, learn, we don't live from our own um, you know, sneakiness or we're trying to make things happen. I'm not talking about being shrewd is a good idea, but, but hustling and grustling, trying to do things in your own power and trying to manipulate and control, that's the opposite of the power of the Holy Spirit. There's so many things that happen when we become Christians that we, the Holy Spirit, we, we learn to live, keep in step with the Spirit and not trying to hustle ourselves and make opportunity for ourselves, but trust that through through relationship with Jesus and the power of his Holy Spirit, he is going to open doors for us that we couldn't do on our own. I can't tell you the amount of times that that has happened for me, and I know some of you will, will know what that feels like. People with holy confidence or people who are growing in holy confidence are learning to live exclusively from the power of the holy spirit you know paul the apostle says i don't place any confidence in the flesh basically i i don't put any confidence in my qualifications in my history in my like education like that's not the thing that i'm confident in it's been useful but it doesn't bring me righteousness and he you know he he's really got some really strong words about don't put any confidence in that stuff. Put your confidence in Jesus. All right. The third thing I think is going to really help us as we uh, 
look to grow in holy confidence to meet the challenges that are in front of us. People with holy confidence are actively moving towards this unique purpose and calling that God has designed us to have. We each have a unique design, a purpose and a destiny that Jesus invites us into. And obedience to that invitation brings a holy confidence. God has given us natural talents and spiritual gifts, callings and deep desires and invites us to use them for building his church and spreading the word about him. Uh, We find examples of that in Romans chapter 12 and 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and Ephesians 4. We see examples of some of the gifts and the talents that, that God has given us. Everybody, actually, everybody's got them. And when we move towards the adventure that Jesus invites us into, we'll have the grace and the holy confidence to complete the task. Like what he's asking me to do is not necessarily what he's asking you to do. And what he's asking me to do, you to do is not necessarily what he's asking me to do. He doesn't give me the grace for what he's asked you to do. This is why it's so important we don't try and compare each other with each other or compete with each other. Like, you know, I've got certain abilities in certain areas, like, say, music, for example. But you know what? Nobody, there's people who are more talented than me. There's people who are, are more gifted than me. But do you know what? Does, should that stop me doing what God asked me to do? No, because only only God knows what he wants to see in me and through me. He's not going to punish you or me for not being incredible musicians. He's just going to ask us to be faithful with what he's asked us to do. And I feel like there's a lot of Christians right now who are basically just on the back foot waiting for something to happen. And I want to provoke you in the nicest way to move, do something, um, explore the thing that God has made you good at. What is it that God made you good at? How are you outworking that unique individual purpose that God's gifted you to do? For example, like for me, we're in a a time of our life where we're planting a church. We've planted the church called Kingdom Company in Manchester. That's why you listen to this podcast. And and I've never done it before. And I had loads of resistances that I had to work through. I had loads of like like personal excuses that i kept letting myself off the hook for you know i ah, oh, i'm 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 too old uh, i don't have enough money um i don't i don't live near enough um I, I don't know what to do i've never done it before i had loads and loads of excuses and loads and loads of reasons why i shouldn't follow god and some of them were you know legitimate reasons if you like but every time we get a call from god we will always have resistances that rise up sometimes inside of us and sometimes from outside too. But what when when, when the, the Spirit of God is speaking to us, he will just burn brighter and brighter inside. He will the call of God on your life is just gonna increase and increase and increase, and you're just gonna not be able to settle until you're doing the things that God's asked you to do. Uh, I remember when we like I said to, just to tell you a story about this, how God gets your attention even when you may be not necessarily being disobedient, but there may be times where you're like, oh, I'm still trying to figure this out, to be honest. And God knows how to speak our language, doesn't he? I went to this, I went to visit my friend in another country and I was just having a bit, going to have a bit of time off. And he said, look, I'm going to this conference. Do you want to come? And to be honest, I, I wasn't really bothered about going to a conference. I just, <laughs> um, I was just coming to see my friend. And he said, yeah, I said, yeah, I'll come. And I, I found out it was one of these conference conferences where the, the worship was going to be quite long. So I thought, sick, what I'll do is I'll put my hat on and I'll go and have a sleep on the back row because that'll be like, that'll be fine. 
that'd be fine for me. I wasn't. Uh, maybe you disagree with that attitude. I can understand why you might do. But uh, I was just. I wasn't really looking for anything spectacular. I wasn't going out like trying to get a gig or an opportunity. I, w- I was just. I was just getting my head down. Anyway, he introduced me. Said, "Come and meet my friend." So I met him. I met his friend, and his friend says, "We can I pray for you." I said, "Yeah, if you want." Now I didn't know who his friend was, and his friend was a guy uh, who's well known in like the prophetic community, which means he, he's very good at hearing from God directly. He's got a really like strong gift in that area. Anyway, <laughs> he, he never met me before. I never met him. He says. Oh, thank you, God. He starts praying. Thank you, God, that you've called Matt to plant churches. I was like, what? <laughs> Here's me, not really sure what to do. Kind of have an idea. And then one after another, this guy prayed. And then we had lots of other people say, you know, I've been praying for you. And I feel like God's saying. And it was like a confirmation one after another after another. Some of you have had enough confirmations. You've got to make a move. You've got to start something. And I want you to know that the grace of God will extend to you when you start moving in the direction that he's calling you into. Don't wait for something magical to happen. You've already had a shoulder tap. Get moving. Go for it. Just try it. Try it. Stop second guessing yourself. Try it. God's good enough. He'll redirect you if you get off course. All right. That's so important that we respect the voice of God and and the direction of the Holy Spirit. We each have a unique design, purpose, and destiny, and people with holy confidence are actively moving towards it. All right, obedience brings holy confidence. And then finally, people with holy confidence actively pursue a lifestyle that's obedient to what Jesus says. Um, John chapter 14, those who accept my commandments and obey them are the ones who love me. Wow. And because they love me, my father will love them and I will love them and reveal myself to each of them. Wow. Those who accept my commandments and obey them are the ones that love me. How do you know you love God? Because you're doing what he asked you to do. How how do we find out? Now, even though I've just talked about there, about the unique purpose and the, you know, the personal will of God for you, there's also the revealed will of God, right? What does that mean? Scripture even though it, it, you, there's a danger that we read ourselves too much into the Bible, that you know, the Bible is written to me personally, uh, you know, and it, it encompasses all my, you know, personal wants and desires. And the reality is scripture is written for everyone. It is God's plan for redemption of creation. It is the history of God's people. And we have to be careful that we don't try and manipulate scripture into our own way of looking at things, that that we allow scripture to read us. We allow scripture to change the way we see things. Does that make sense? That we allow the words of Jesus to change our behavior. We don't try and look for loopholes and excuses. Right? You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? And I know it's a challenge. And I know it is because I feel it every time I read scripture. I'm like, ah, that's called conviction. I need to pray for my enemies. But I don't really want to pray for my enemies. I know. But that's the word of God. Pray for your enemies. Let the word shape you and change you. Because God has already revealed a lot of what he wants you and I to do in scripture. So what do I mean by that? Like I just said, pray for your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. Um, Forgive. Uh, Be generous to the poor. These are all commands from Jesus. Um, Don't show partiality to rich people in your public meetings. talks about that in James. Um, Be gracious with one another. Be loving. Be kind to each other. Um, Be like 
extra mile with certain people who who you know who, who are trying to rip you off be extra mile but you know, these are commands and the more that we can these are revealed they're already they're already explicit jesus already told us it's the revealed will of god this is what jesus is asking us to do this is what god is calling us to do so we don't need um you know a prophet or a prophetically wired person to give us a special word about that because he's already said it do you know what i'm saying and sometimes i don't know about if you're like this but you can become so like i I get like this sometimes i get so bothered about the personal will of god that i sort of forget about the revealed will of god he's already told me what he wants me to do and i have a real conviction that the more we do what we know to be right and the more we do what jesus is asking us to do and the more that we you know uh follow him in obedience the more that the other stuff he will take care of it i really believe that and and i think you can see that in scripture we often struggle for holy confidence when we do what we know to be wrong or we fail to do what we know to be right but god is faithful and this is really really important because although that is a convicting feeling there there's also such an important part here that God is faithful and if we ask for forgiveness, he promises that he will forgive us. 1 John chapter 1, verse 9. I'm going to read from the Amplified Version. If we freely admit that we have sinned and we confess our sins, he's faithful and just. He's true to his own nature and his promises. <laughs> Not great. And he will forgive our sins and cleanse us continually from all unrighteousness, our wrongdoing, everything that's not in conformity with his will and purpose. So if you've made mistakes, if you've sinned, if you've done stuff like we all have, we've all made mistakes, we've all missed the mark, we can come to Jesus confidently that he's going to forgive us and confidently help me get back on the right track. Help me to do what he asked me to do. Like, and I'm choosing to do it today. So those, these are the people who God will reveal himself to. This is what it says in John chapter 14. And I will love them and reveal myself to each of them. Those who, who are them, the people who obey and the ones who accept his commandments. I know it's a challenge, but that's the point is we can't just read scripture and hope that we can carry on with our life the way it's always been. Nah, man. The point of the scriptures is it changes us. He changes us. The word is alive and active, changing us and shaping us. And I believe that as we move forward, we'll be more wholly confident because we'll be less concerned with what other people think about us. So you will be less bothered about um, what things look like and more bothered about the way things actually are. You know, we'll be more connected with Jesus and wanting to please him rather than worried about what things look like on social media or whatever. And we'll actually be a blessing to other people because we'll be free from a lot of the things that weigh down some people like, you know, peer pressure and things of that nature. It's really tricky stuff, man. But, you know, this walking with Jesus really pulls at some of the roots of um, where we place our confidence. Is my confidence in Matt Hooper? I hope it isn't. My confidence needs to be in Jesus. My confidence needs to be um, growing and expanding and so that I can be bold and I can be courageous and I can do the things that he's asked me to do. So here is the end of part one in summary. Holy confidence is a state of trust and acceptance that comes from living in a trusting relationship with Jesus, from who he is and who he says that we are. You know, encourage you to grow in that. People with holy confidence are purposefully choosing to live from their Christ nature. You know, we're studying scripture, we're praying, we're 
asking for help when we need it from other Christians. People with holy confidence are learning to live exclusively from the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, you can listen to a couple of our podcasts about who the Holy Spirit is and how to invite him into your life. But spiritual power and, and reliance on the Holy Spirit brings confidence and a great reward. People with holy confidence are actively moving towards their unique purpose and calling and the destiny that Jesus invites them into. What are you doing about the gifts and the talents that God has given you? Have you asked him for some direction? Ask him today. Work through your resistances and ask him for help. And then finally, people with holy confidence are actively pursuing a lifestyle that's obedient to what Jesus teaches. Um very very important stuff so that's the end of part one of building holy confidence in the spirit and the next part is going to be about how we can build and live from a healthy soul